Mark chapter 10, verse uh, 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he, as he went out, Jesus Christ went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more of a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still, commanded him to be called, and they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, and he blind Bartimaeus, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. Amen. So go, let's go back up to verse 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus, what that tells you is that he was very well known in that area. It'd be like we would call him Crippled Foot Charlie or something like that. You know, we, these people are, we give people nicknames for different things about them. And this guy was well known in the community. He was well known to be blind. He probably was born blind from birth. But this is uh, Blind Bartimaeus. And I love this story of Blind Bartimaeus because he reminds me so much of us. The son of Timaeus. And it says he sat by the highway side begging. He was a beggar. Now, even though blind Bartimaeus is, of course, is blind, in God's eyes, God's never blind. And in God's eyes, he sees us that we are all blind beggars. Amen. It don't matter who you are. In God's eyes, it don't matter how handsome you are, how intelligent you are, what, 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 how much money you have in this life. In God's eyes, we're all blind and beggars in God's eyes. And we need to approach him. We need to approach God. See, and man, they, they look at that. They think that, you know, they, they, they look at people and we, we, we classify people, especially here in America. And I know they do it all over the world, but in America we classify people. If they're not driving a, a nice car, we, we, we put them on another level. Or if they don't have a certain job, we put them on a lower level. If they don't have a college education, we put them even lower level. And we have these different levels we put them on. But God, He wipes all that. <laughs> He makes us all level. See, it don't matter if you're, if you're the President of the United States. In God's eyes, Trump is a blind beggar without Jesus Christ. You've got to have Jesus Christ, and we're all blind beggars. The Bible says in Isaiah 64, 6, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. That's me and you. And we don't like to think of ourselves as blind beggars before we came to Jesus Christ. We don't like to, we don't, we're very self-righteous. We, we, we think we're very clean. But in God's eyes, we're not clean. Amen. We're like those little children that we, they come in from outside playing in the mud and they're just full of, full of mud, dirt, muds all over and everything. You say, go in there and clean yourself up. And you send that little two-year-old in there to clean himself up. And he goes into the bathroom and you go in there to see what he's doing. And you know what you find? You ladies know what I'm about to say. He's worse off than he was when he went in there. You go in there now, the whole bathroom's dirty, and he's dirtier than he was when he came in the house. How is that possible? <laughs> but that's the way a kid is, right? That's how we are in God's eyes. See, we're like little kids, and we're filthy and nerdy, and we say, well, no, I'm going to clean myself up. And we get to trying to clean ourselves up, and then we look back at it. We're no cleaner than we were when we began. We're still blind beggars. We're blind beggars just like blind Bartimaeus. And we need to come to God as a blind beggar. you got to come to God as a blind beggar. That's how God wants you to approach Him. He wants you to approach Him as a blind beggar. Let's look at the next verse, verse 47. And when he, had, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. Notice he had to hear it, he couldn't see it. 
You've never seen Jesus Christ. You've only heard about Him, my friend. That's right, amen. You heard about Him. You're, you're just like blind Bartimaeus. you never seen Him, but you heard about Him, see. And he had heard about Jesus Christ. Somebody else had been talking about Jesus Christ around him. He was sitting there begging, and nobody goes and talks to a beggar, right? You go over to a beggar, and you might throw a coin into his cup, or you might give him a dollar or two, but you keep on going. Nobody sits down and just sits with the beggar and says, Hey, what have you been doing today? Very few people give a beggar any attention at all. But as that beggar was sitting there, he'd hear, hear people walk by him as he's begging, and he'd hear people talking about this man named Jesus. Oh, I seen Jesus do this. And I heard Jesus say that. And he was hearing about Jesus Christ. Amen. Guys, the world's only going to hear about Jesus from us. Amen. Right. We need to be on point telling people about Jesus Christ. We need to be the ones that's telling the blind beggars about Jesus Christ. We need to be the ones telling people about Jesus Christ. Because they're not going to hear it from anywhere else. But he heard it. He had heard about this man, Jesus. He had heard about him. And he must have heard something really good. Because when he, when he does hear it's Jesus, verse 47, when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Amen. He knows who to cry out to. Listen, in God's eyes, you must cry out as a beggar. You must cry out just like blind Bartimaeus, you must cry out as a beggar. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Notice it's the right Jesus. <laughs> it's not the Jesus. You can get the wrong Jesus. Yes, you can. You talk to a Jehovah's Witness, and you, you hear him say, Jesus, and you think, oh, he knows Jesus Christ. And you get to hearing them talking about Jesus. It's not the same Jesus. <laughs> and for long, you ask, this ain't the Jesus I know and you get to hearing a Mormon talk about Jesus. You say, look, they're talking about Jesus. They're mentioning about Jesus. And you get to hear them talking about Jesus. Mm, that's not the same Jesus I know. And I hear some people out in the world, and they got, get to talking about Jesus, and I think, that's not the Jesus I know. you got to go to the right Jesus. You must come to the right Jesus. You must cry out as a beggar to Jesus Christ. God, in God's eyes, that's what you've got to do you got to call out and cry out as a beggar, not as an equal. Why, why so many people in the world want to cry out to God like they're the, His equal? It blows my mind. Why did God do that? Well, what, do you hear what you just said? You said the word God. Do you understand what God means? He's your creator. He's smarter than you. He's wiser than you. He knows all things. He's sitting at the outside of time, at the end of time. He knows what he's doing in your life. Why are you crying out to God like that? You can't cry out to God as an equal. You've got to cry out to God as a beggar. God, I'm a nobody. I'm a, I don't understand, but I know you're wiser. I know you're smarter, and you're God. You've got to call out to him as a beggar and stop trying to call out to him as a as an equal. Do you realize when you question and accuse God that you're really saying that you're on his level? You're saying you're on his level and his intelligence and his wisdom when you're not. And it's kind of insulting. It really is kind of insulting. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy. Have mercy on me. See, I like this. This kind of reminds me of Raymond Music. Anybody been in this church for maybe a week or two knows that Raymond Music is going to say something in the middle of my preaching. Amen, brother. 
He's going to pop off. He's going to say something. He's going to straighten me out. He's going to be a thorn in the flesh. He will say something. That's a, this is how I imagine Raymond to have been in those days. If Raymond was a beggar sitting on the side of the road, brother, that's exactly what you would have done right there. You wouldn't have been ashamed. Look at the very next verse. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. Oh, shut up. Shut up. Don't say nothing. Then you know that's what they were doing to him. Yeah, yeah, you know, he's embarrassing them. Yeah, yeah, he's embarrassing them. Because here comes Jesus, this very important man, and he's walking by. And here's this old beggar. A beggar that's worthless. And he's screaming out, Jesus, hey, over here, Jesus, over here, have mercy on me, Jesus. And you're like, oh, be quiet. Stop yelling. Just pop it down. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried out the more a great deal. <laughs> Woo! The more they told him to shut up, the louder he got. Amen. Amen. That's praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord. Hey, shut up. I don't want to hear about Jesus. You shut up. Jesus, Jesus. Amen. You know, when my son was playing basketball in, in, in high school, there was a black lady that was on, his, her son was on that team. And she showed up to those games and she had the biggest, loudest mouth I've ever heard on a woman before. That woman was the sweetest lady, though. I mean, she was, when you, after the games, you talked to her, and she was so sweet and kind and, and, and very generous and just the sweetest lady. But man, when those games, that whistle blew and those games got started, she started hollering. And you know how some black people, they can holler, right? I mean, they got a God given them those God given lungs, you know, and she's, go get that guy, you go get that guy, that guy. She just like, you know, and I think somebody, one of the parents decide they're going to have a talk with her. You know, well, you know, I wish you wouldn't be so loud or whatever. And I think what that was to her, it's like she was at 10, and she said, okay, I'll turn it up to 11, you know. Because then for the rest of those games, I'm, ah, 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 go get up, go get up. And she was never rude. She never screamed. Like, I would scream at the refs. You're an idiot, you know. You don't know, you're blind, you need my glasses, you know, I'd say stuff like that. She was never rude like me, she just would just, go boys, go get them, get them, get them, get them. But she was so not, and what I loved about it was going to the games and looking at the other side. With the other parents, so they'd be looking at each other like, what is going on over there? They'd be pointing at her over there and everything. You couldn't shut her up. You couldn't shut her up. And you couldn't shut blind Bartimaeus up about Jesus Christ. She, he wanted the attention of his Savior, Jesus Christ. He knew who to cry out to as a beggar. He knew nobody else was going to help him. He didn't say, Peter, Peter, Peter. Uh -uh. He, didn't say, he didn't say, James, John, James, John, come over here. And I want you to go get Jesus' attention. He didn't say, Mary, 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 go get your son's attention. He went straight to the man. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. you got to cut all the other middlemen out. you got to go straight to Jesus Christ. And you got to cry to him like a beggar. And he, many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. You got to cry the right thing. You got to cry, Jesus, have mercy on me. Amen. Have you cried it? Can you think of a time in your life that you've cried out to Jesus in prayer and said, Lord, Jesus, I don't understand anything about the Bible. I don't really understand what's going on, but I need your help. Have mercy on me. Are, are you too embarrassed to cry out? Are you not like blind Barnabas and, and, and people have been telling you to, to pop it down? 
Don't be religious like that. Let's not act like that. We don't talk like that. Well, let's not talk about Jesus. Let's leave religion at the house. That's what the world wants us to do. They want us to keep this stuff right here in these doors. And they, the devil loves it when we come to church and just keep it right here. Oh, he's okay with us going in here and singing and praising Jesus Christ, but don't you dare take it out those doors. He doesn't like it. And the world don't like it, and I could really give a flip. I'm going to keep talking about Jesus. I'm going to keep representing Jesus. I want to tell the whole world that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And He will have mercy on you. We need to get that message out. We need to get it out. And He stood by, Thou Son of David, have mercy, have mercy on me. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. You might embarrass yourself. Man, you know me, I've made a fool of myself a lot. <laughs> and i made a fool of myself for years. You know, that's why when some of these guys have known me, grew up with me like Joker, I won't let y'all talk to them. I don't want y'all, because they'll tell you how big a fool I am. And they'll tell you all these foolish stories of things I've done. I've made the biggest fool of myself. I've embarrassed the family. I've embarrassed my sister, my mom. I mean, <laughs> we could go on and on and on. But I, just once, I want to embarrass myself for Jesus Christ. I want to be a fool for Jesus Christ. Amen. You don't think those people were down there at the courthouse in Hamilton, standing there in the heat of the day. Some of us have got some gray hair on us. Amen. 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 And we're standing out there with those signs and, and, and those people driving on those cars. And don't you say, oh, look at them fools. <laughs> They're so foolish. Yeah. Exactly that's what they think of us. And they think we're fools. And you know what? We really are fools. <laughs> and we were standing out there holding a plastic sign with letters on it. And we're standing out there for 30 minutes, an hour. What do you think they thought about you, Sister? Sister Alice, you're standing out there. Sister Alice is sitting out there in a wheelchair for an hour and a half holding a sign out in the sun. And I'm worried about her. I said, Sister Alice, you, you ready to go? She goes, I'm getting my vitamin D. <laughs> and you know those people drive by and they're thinking, that poor lady, she needs to get out of that sun. Oh, she's so foolish. She's so foolish. She's so, no, yeah, she's foolish, but she's being a fool for Jesus Christ. Amen. She's being a fool for Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Great thou son, of, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Amen. You know what? You might be embarrassed about calling for Jesus Christ at this time in your life, but there's going to come a time, if you're like me, where you'll get so low. You'll get so low, and you'll be at the lowest point of your life that you don't care who hears you, or what, who's listening to you, you're going to cry out to Jesus Christ. Amen. And I hope you don't get that way. I hope you come to Jesus Christ right now and receive Him as your Lord and Savior. And don't be like me where I wait till I'm at the very bottom of the barrel and I have no hope and I have to cry out. But maybe it's what it's going to take. Maybe that's what it's going to take. Look at verse 49. Look at verse 49. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called and they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. <laughs> oh, man. Woo, I love this stuff. God, I just I eat this stuff up. Amen. Jesus stood still. Every church service where Jesus Christ is preached and glorified, Jesus is standing still. Amen. He might be walking by, and he might be walking by the church, and then he hears Jesus Christ, and he hears his name, and he comes on into the church, and he stands still. Amen. Yeah, I want to hear a little bit more about that. And you hear somebody say, Jesus Christ will save you from your sins. And Jesus says, I know what, I think I'll stand around here a little bit longer. 
And he hears the preacher saying, Jesus Christ is glorified and Jesus Christ will save you from your sins and he'll give you the grace to bear it and he'll cleanse you and wash you. And Jesus Christ says, I think I'll stand here just a little bit longer. See, Jesus Christ likes that. He likes for somebody to call out to him. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He loves that. You want to make Jesus stand still for you? Call out to him as a blind beggar. The only way you can, call out to him and say, Lord, I'm just a blind beggar. I'm sorry, no good, but have mercy on me. And Jesus said, oh, I think I'll And he you know what he'll do? And commanded him to be called. Come on over here. Bring him to me. You know what I know about Jesus Christ? If you're in here this morning and you've never received Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, he's calling you. He's not calling me. Yeah, he's standing here, but he's not standing behind me. I'm one of his. There's a lot of people in here he's not standing behind because he already, he already has them. They're already part of the fold. He's already saved them. But if you're in here and you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, he's standing behind you. And he's calling you because he loves you. See, this Bible's not about the 99 sheep that are found. It's about the one that is lost. Amen. And if you're in here and you're lost, he's over there with you. And he's standing. And he's standing still and he commanded him to be called. And they called, they, and they called the blind man and said, Blind Bartimaeus, be of good comfort. Rise, he calleth thee. That should be a comfort to you. That Jesus Christ, the creator of the universe, cares enough to just stand still and listen to you for a while. You know, that's an amazing thing to think that we can call out and cry and pray to Jesus Christ. And he's listening to us. He doesn't have to. You understand when I say God, creator, he could do what he wants to do. He could just cast us aside. He could do what he wants to do. But if he's willing to stop and say, I want to listen to you. I want to hear your voice. And he does. And he says, be of good comfort. Rise, he calleth thee. He's calling you. He's calling you this morning. Look at verse 30. And he, talking about blind Bartimaeus, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. One thing you need to know about God, in God's eyes, you need to cast away your garment. What is that garment? Well, this garment's a lot like this right here. This is a real clean one. There's no doubt the blind Bartimaeus had, had a garment on him, and he had it wrapped around him. And what a garment speaks of, a garment speaks of comfort and warmth. As he's sitting there, he's got that garment around him, and he's trying to comfort himself, and he's trying to warm himself up, and he's got that garment on like that. And it says he cast it off. And he says, I'm going to take this garment. God wants you to cast your garment off. You might be in here this morning, you might have a garment of unbelief. And you might be, have this false sense of security and warmth that the world tells you, don't believe that stuff. I don't believe that stuff. Don't be like them. Be like us. We don't believe in that. Jesus never did nothing for them. I don't really believe that. And that it's, gee, that's just all made up. And you get this comfort, this garment of unbelief, and you tend to, the world loves to wrap itself in that garment of unbelief. But it's a false sense of security. Amen. You see little children do that. Amen. You have a little children, child, you raise that little child, they tend to grab something that's a comfort to them, a blanket or a pillow or a little toy stuffed animal and you can't go anywhere 
don't know how many times I had the kids and they leave, they had this one, uh, had a pillow and they left this pillow. I had to drive an hour to go get this pillow he left at somebody else's house because he can't, got to have his pillow because it was a comfort. And he wouldn't sleep without pillow. So I had to go right back and go get pillow. Hour, you know, hour, one way to go get pillow. Listen, that's the way the world is. They got this garment. And they got, it, they got this garment of unbelief. And God says, I want you to take this unbelief, this garment of unbelief, and I want you to cast it off. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. Maybe you're, maybe you're here and you have the garment of religion. And what that is, is there might be a time you say, well, I don't believe in God. I don't believe. And you're wearing that garment. And then you cast off that garment of unbelief. And then you pick up the garment of religion. You say, I think there is a God, and you pick up a garment of religion, and you wrap yourself in the garment of religion, which is, the garment of religion is, is I'm going to work my way to God, and I'm going to do the best I can, and the devil loves that. The devil loves to give you a garment of religion. Oh, you believe in a God? Well, come over here. I'll show you Muhammad, and I'll show you Buddha, and I'll give you, I'll give you a church to go to, and I'll give you a person to pray to, and I'll give you beads to wrap around, and I'll give you beads to play with, and I'll give you uh, pamphlets to go knock on doors and hand out pamphlets, and I'll give you little books to hand out, and I'll give you the religion, and you can wrap yourself in the garment of religion, and you can go straight to hell, wrapped in a garment of religion. My Bible says... He rose and came to Jesus. Amen. He came to Jesus. He didn't say he rose and he came to a religion. He cast off his garment and he rose and came to Jesus. Amen. He didn't rise and come to a, to, to a religion. He didn't come to a philosophy. He didn't come to a church. He didn't come to a sacrament. He didn't come to a teaching. He didn't come to a preacher. He didn't come to a philosophy, a self-discipline. He came to the man Jesus Christ. He wasn't rising to come to some kind of weird teaching or denomination or the Baptist convention or the Indian Gap Baptist Church. He rose to come to his Savior, Jesus Christ, as a blind beggar. But first he had to take off that garment and cast it away. The garment of unbelief, the garment of religion, and the garment of self-righteousness. And if you get into that, if you have that garment of religion, what happens is you get this garment of self-righteousness. Some people love to comfort themselves in the false security of self-righteousness. Well, I'm not as bad as my neighbor. Look at my neighbor, what he's doing. And I'm not a murderer. And I'm not a killer. And I try to do the right things. And I try to be a good old boy. And you can wrap yourself with that kind of garment and it'll send you straight to hell like a bullet. You got to cast that garment off of unbelief, of religion, of self-righteousness, and come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? <laughs> I thought Jesus Christ knew all things. Well, he does know all things. But he wants you to confess it. Amen. He knows what you need before you come to him. Amen. Amen. He knows what we, you need before you pray to him. Well, and why is he making us pray? Because he wants you to know where it's coming from. He, know, he wants you to know who to give the praise to. Because sometimes we doubt, see. Things happen and we start, oh, well, you know, I, this is what happened and the doctor did this and I was, to, no, the Lord says, I want to get all the glory. I want to get all the glory. Amen. He deserves to get all the glory. Amen. Amen. 
And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt that I should do unto thee? Good question. What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Lord, that I might receive my sight. See, Jesus already knew what he needed, but he wanted him to confess it. Romans chapter 10. I'm going to read to you Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Amen. Romans 10, 9. What is that? That's confession. Just like Jesus is doing to blind Bartimaeus. What do you want me to do for you? I want you to say it. I don't want you to thank it. I want you to say it out loud. What do you want me to do for you? Confess it. You know, when a man and a woman get married, and when I married my sweet wife, I had to stand in front of people and I had to confess it. What does that mean? It means I had to say, I do. And then I had to hold my breath and say, please, 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 please. And I had to wait for her to say, I do. Because <laughs> she doesn't have to say it, Amen. I mean, I've heard those horror stories of people getting up there and they're like, ah, I changed my mind. And then she run off. Or the guy run off, right? And you think, that won't ever happen to me. Well, until you're right there, until you're looking them in the eye and they're thinking, that's a long time. I don't know if I want to say I do. And I'm waiting to see what she's going to do. And she says, I do. You're like, oh, phew. But she had to say it out loud, right? Right, yeah. She couldn't, she had to say it. I do. See, when you're, married to somebody or you have a, a, a husband or a wife or a son or a daughter, you have a heart for them and you love them, right? But they want to hear you say it. Because like Jesus Christ says, out of the abundance of a man's heart, his mouth speaketh. He wants you to confess it because the confession, the mouth shows where the heart's at. Amen. See, thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Amen. See, that, that confession with the mouth, what Jesus Christ is getting blind Bartimaeus to do, is blind Bartimaeus is going to have to say what he wants him to do for him. Amen. So he'll know what to do. Jesus knows what to do, but he wants him to say it, so when he does it, he'll know. That's from your heart. The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Guys, if without Jesus Christ, you're blind, and you're a beggar. You're blind. And you're blind in this world and you need to receive your sight. You know, we're all in darkness until we come to the light of Jesus Christ. Yes, sir. We are. Verse 52, And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. He heals him. And all of a sudden the man could see. The last thing I want to point out to you is that Jesus Christ, in God's eyes, in God's eyes, He wants you to confess Jesus Christ with blind faith. Amen. See, blind Bartimaeus had never seen Jesus Christ heal somebody. No, he had heard it, but he had never seen it. So when you come to Jesus Christ, I can't give you some kind of lightning come from the sky when you receive Jesus Christ. There's not going to be a big boom and thunder out rolling. But when you come to Jesus Christ, He wants you to come to Jesus Christ and receive Him in blind, childlike faith. Amen. Just like blind Bartimaeus. You must take Jesus Christ in blind faith. 
And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith, thy faith, thy faith, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight. When you come to Jesus Christ and you receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you're going to have a weight lifted off of you. I can't explain, but it will go. And it'll be like, and you'll have this peace. I'm not telling you everything's going to be a rose garden for the rest of your life, but I'm going to tell you something. You're going to have that peace saying, you know what, no matter what happens, I know everything's going to be all right. Amen. 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 And followed Jesus in the way. See, he received his sight, and then he followed Jesus in the way. Once you receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, Christian, you're a born-again Christian, it's time to start following Jesus in the way. See, he cast away this old garment and he got up as a blind beggar and he came to Jesus Christ because he knew he could have mercy on him and he asked for some sight and Jesus Christ says, I faith and made thee whole. And he says, I received it, I can see and I'm going to follow the man that gave me my sight. So many of us in here can give you great testimonies of all that Jesus Christ has done for us. Then why are we following the world? Why are we so quick to follow what the world says and does? I don't. Amen, Bartimaeus. <laughs> Amen. We, listen, we need to be following Jesus Christ. Amen. He's the one that did it all. I'm going to read to you this. this I'm not going to sing it because y'all would leave if I did. But There's a song called, What Could a Beggar Give a King? If a king owned the cattle of a thousand hills... All the wealth of the world and the things that it gives. On the keys to a city with streets of pure gold. Tell me what could a beggar give to be in his fold? What could a beggar give a king? Like blind Bartimaeus, I sat by the way. Beggars lost in the night can't see the light of day. T'was your sweet love, Jesus, to come by my way. He gave me this brand new coat that I wear today. What could a beggar give a king? What could an outcast? What could an outcast give to one who owns everything? An old beggar could give nothing. But for a poor wretch like me, God gave his son, his son gave his life, and beggars go free. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord for that. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for loving us. Lord, thank you for the story of blind Bartimaeus, Father, and give us a faith like blind Bartimaeus had, Father, and help us to walk in your ways and not in the ways of the world. And Lord, if there's somebody in the sound of my voice that can't think of a time that they've received Jesus Christ, they're not for sure if they were to die tonight, they'd go to heaven or hell, Lord. I just pray, Father, as we give this invitation for salvation, that they'll come on down the aisle and just receive Jesus Christ as Lord, Lord and Savior. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for taking care of us, Lord, and thank you for the healing you've been giving us in the church, Lord. We're going to keep giving you the honor and glory for it. I'm praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. 
Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.